Hi neighbors, in Monday night's town board meeting, we heard an economic development update, passed a resolution reducing the speed limit on Rock Creek Circle from 30 miles per hour to 25 miles per hour, discussed our meeting end time policy, discussed our sister city policy, established a finance commu committee, reviewed the first quarter financials and impact of COVID-19 on revenue, and approved an open space purchase and sale agreement for 182 acres on the south edge of town. Ready to find out more on what happened? As usual, you may keep watching this video or click through to my blog to read this post in written form. During rep board reports, I kicked off by once again bringing up my suggestion that we require masks inside public businesses like Safeway and Target, which I've been asking our board to consider for several weeks now. Last week, Wheat Ridge's mayor passed an order requiring customers and employees to wear masks inside stores through the end of May. On Tuesday night, the city of Boulder passed a similar ordinance, and Longmont City Council voted to direct their city attorney to draft a measure if Boulder County doesn't soon pass a countywide ordinance. Unfortunately, the rest of our Superior Town Board maintained their position that they do not want us to proactively do this and would only support it if it were mandated at a regional or state level. Although I agree that a broad approach is preferred, when it's already been several weeks and it hasn't been mandated at either the regional or state level, I feel strongly that we ought to at least be doing this in Superior. This morning, I made my weekly trip to the grocery store and went to Sprouts in Broomfield, where signage indicated that masks are required by local ordinance. Other municipalities are stepping up to lead the way on this. I'm extremely disappointed that our board is taking a passive approach. During public comment, resident Paul Ballou asked what the justification was for the potential decreased speed limit on Rock Creek Circle, item 3E. Resident Brad Walker asked about updates from the consultants tasked with abatement strategies for noise from Rocky Mountain Met Metropolitan Airport. On the topic of COVID-19, resident Colleen Callen pointed out that we are in this situation because our national leadership was reactive rather than proactive. She encouraged our town board to be proactive and pass a mask ordinance rather than waiting for other leaders to do so. Resident Teresa Clark pointed out that masks prevent not only COVID-19, but also other illnesses which can tax our first responders. She encouraged us to require masks on open space trails, where it's difficult for people to pass with the required six feet of distance. Next for item 2F, our town economic development consultant, Adam Hughes from Better City, presented an update on COVID-19's anticipated impact on the community, an overview of the CARES Act funding, and local business outreach. Of the 13 superior businesses who submitted PPP or EIDL, meaning Paycheck Protection Program or Economic Injury Disaster Loan, applications for round one funding, four received funds. Unfortunately, many businesses ran into issues with the fact that Wells Fargo is their bank. Wells Fargo has allegedly prioritized businesses seeking larger loans rather than processing applications on a first-come, first-served basis, and the federal funding ran out before applications, all applications were processed. Mr. Hughes also provided updates on his planned progress on the economic development plan and asked about the board's opinion on including a distillery at 1500 Colton Road. Next, our board unanimously passed the consent agenda, including meeting minutes, a new general manager for the Element Hotel, and a tastings permit for superior liquor. Item 3E, a resolution reducing the speed limit on Rock Creek Circle from 30 to 25 miles per hour, was pulled from the consent agenda for discussion. The three members of the Transportation and Safety Committee, 
trustees Kevin Ryan, Neil Shaw, and myself, all expressed support for this, as did Director of Public Works and Utilities, Alex Arinello. This resolution passed unanimously. Item 3F, a construction contract with RN Civil Construction for the Wastewater Treatment Plant Headworks and Odor Control Equalization Pond Modification Project, was also pulled for discussion. There were some questions around whether this project could be delayed or reduced in scope, given the uncertain financial situation with COVID-19, but ultimately this too passed. Next, our board reconsidered our meeting end time policy, which currently requires a unanimous vote for us to extend a meeting past 11 o'clock p.m. One board member felt that it did not make sense for this to require a unanimous vote and that we should revise it to be a majority. I personally disagree that we should move away from unanimity in deciding to extend a late night meeting. At our board retreat last week, we agreed to move our board reports to the beginning of meeting agendas rather than the end, because the consensus was that the reports often got cut short by doing them at the end. As one board member stated, if I hear an update at 1045 rather than 615, it hits my brain differently. I completely agree with that. But the corollary to that is I don't think we should do, be doing our regular agenda items that late either. President Jennifer Hilton spoke up in public comment to say that she works in sales training and has learned that it's extremely difficult for people to make decisions after five or six hours of meetings. If anyone isn't comfortable making a good decision late at night after we've already been sitting there for five or six hours straight, I would rather we don't continue the meeting rather than forcing someone into decision-making they're not comfortable with. While one member of the board argued that if someone were tired, the rest of the board should respect that and all vote not to continue the meeting, meaning that a majority vote would suffice, I think it's disingenuous to say that the board should do that. The board truly plans to respect a single person's judgment that they aren't able to continue and make good decisions, then a unanimous vote would cover that. The board directed town staff to draft a new policy for potential consideration at our next meeting. Fifth on the agenda, our board considered a policy to identify the objectives, criteria, and procedures for sister city affiliations for the town. One member of the board noted that while supportive of the program generally, he would not be supportive of spending taxpayer dollars for this program, and pointed out that a lot of town staff hours would likely need to go towards supporting it. While I was initially supportive of the policy, I thought this was a great point and noted that I would like to see us add to the policy that we specifically also not fund visits from delegates of one city to another. With that amendment, the resolution passed five to two with Mayor Pro Tem Lasis and Trustee Lish as the dissenting votes. And next, item six, the establishment of a finance committee. At the January 27th board retreat, there were discussions of potentially forming a three-member finance committee for oversight on the town finances, to discuss scenario planning, and to make long-range plans. This committee would be similar to the Transportation and Safety Committee in that it would be made of, up of a subset of the board rather than by resident volunteers. Many of our peer communities already have such a committee. One member of the board asked us to pilot this rather than making a formal resolution to establish a committee. However, I pointed out that there has been resistance from our board to recording unofficial meetings, for example, First Fridays, even though they're now virtual and easily recorded. I feel strongly that if this finance committee is going to be held or piloted, it ought to be an official committee so that it's both noticed and recorded. The resolution to establish the finance committee passed six to one with trustee Kevin Ryan as the dissenting vote. 
Next, item seven, first quarter financials and the impact of COVID-19. Finance Director Paul Mills presented highlights from Q1 2020. Although the general fund revenues were strong through March 2020, up 17% year over year, Director Nillis cautioned that data since March may be quite different. He pointed out that use tax revenues foreshadow a recession and also lag following a recession. Staff created a what-if scenario model that compares our current forecast to a model where we adjust our tax revenue down in 2020 and assume a full rebound in 2021. I still think this adjusted model is not conservative enough, and I ask for us to start modeling decreased revenue in both 2020 and 2021. While there may be some revenue shifting, like people shifting spending from restaurants to groceries, it's really not a one-for-one -one move since cost to buy food from a grocery is less than to buy in a restaurant. From a retail and service perspective, people are cutting back their spending while they can't go out, and industry reports indicate that it's unlikely this gap will be made up for in the future. For example, you're not going to go get three haircuts in May, even if you skip two in March and April. Furthermore, many people are intentionally cutting back luxury and discretionary spending as jobs are furloughed or cut and in preparation for a recession. Director Nillis said he would add the two-year recession model and also committed to monthly updates going forward. Finally, we considered a purchase and sale agreement with CenturyLink for 182 acres on the south edge of Superior along Highway 128. The property is currently undeveloped. It has many social trails running through it, leading many in the com community to believe it's already open space. Personally, I run on these trails with my foster dog nearly every morning right now. However, this land is actually zoned as Regional Activity Center, which is a commercial zoning, and its owner could develop it at any time. Should note, after a potential closing, the board could consider rezoning this to open space. The town's Open Space Advisory Committee, OSAC, has identified this as their highest priority property recommended for acquisition. The proposed purchase trial purchase price was $15.1 million, or $82,700 per acre. The primary questions we heard raised in public comment concerned the financing. Where would this $15 million come from? The open space fund balance is estimated to be $6.3 million at the end of 2020, coming from a 0.3% sales and use tax approved in 2001, all of which would go toward the purchase of the property. Another $5.3 million could be financed with the remaining bond authorization approved by voters in 2005. Finally, Superior is working with Boulder County, Jefferson County, and the city and county of Broomfield on a potential conservation easement on the property. And funding partners through this conservation easement could contribute the final $4 million. If this final piece falls through or takes a while to materialize, we could borrow from the water fund and pay it back over the next eight to nine years. However, the short version is that this purchase would dedicate open space funds for the next 20 years and would limit opportunities for any other acquisitions. In spite of those potentially large financials, the I'm really excited to tell you that the purchase and sale agreement passed unanimously. What a momentous moment for Superior. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this recap. I really hope it's helpful. Our board is always open to hearing your comments, questions, and concerns. You may always email your feedback to townboard at superiorcolorado.gov or to me specifically at laura s at superiorcolorado.gov. 
As a reminder, any messages sent to a government email are part of the public record and will have your name attached. If you feel the need to write in anonymously, you may always comment at the bottom of my blog post recaps. Thank you again for watching, and I hope you and your family stay safe, stay healthy, and stay home. Have a great week.